Hey, today I'm here, I'm speaking with Dan Nelson of Elements for Life. How are you today, Dan? I'm really good, thanks, Kate. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Really, really good. Uh, so we sell your yummy, scrummy brownies uh, quite often in the list of monthly top 10 bestsellers. They're up there. So obviously, you know, we have like around a thousand products on the website. So obviously they're a product that people really really love and enjoy so I wanted to have a little chat with you find out more about how you got started in the business and mm -hmm. uh, yeah what inspires you to make such um, wonderfully healthy and delicious products so um, yeah do you want to tell us how your journey came into deciding to set up a raw chocolate business yeah cool um, Paul and I my wife and I we've been on a, a journey and exploration around health and nutrition and diet for ooh, probably best part of 15 years now certainly our, our journey together has been about that long um, and so through that journey um, we've we started discovering raw chocolate um, and uh, I think the first bar we ever had was a conscious chocolate love potion number nine, oh, which yeah, I think, which I think is a a good bar to start you yeah. off. <laughs> um, and yeah, kind of fell in love with it pretty much straight away. Um, and then after a little while, unbeknown to me, Paula wanted to start making her own chocolate, um, and couldn't really find a kit that she liked. So one day I turned, around, she, I came in and she turned around and said, "I think we should make a raw chocolate kit." So I went, okay, as you do, and being the dutiful, being the dutiful husband, you don't question these things. And um, yeah, we sort of got on with it, realised it was coming up to Christmas. So in under four weeks, we went from an off-the-hand comment to launching a company and making a raw chocolate kit, um, which we still sell today and is a, a, sort of a, a, a great introduction for people to raw chocolate because they can sort of really get their hands into it. Um, and then I think it was, or oh, maybe three months after that, um, that Paula went to a course by Anna Middleton over yeah. in Bristol, yeah. who I, I know you know. Um, in fact, we were we've been at uh, a pre-Christmas uh, raw dinner that you and Anna did at uh, Bristol a few years back. I think I remember. Was it Radford Mill? That's the yeah, one, yeah, at the farm shop there. So, yeah, we um, Paula went to one of Anna's courses um, and was truly inspired by sort of the, the amazing creations that Anna does. Um, came out of that and um, developed um, Yummy Scrummy. Uh, a bit of trial and error to get the recipe just right. And, um, yeah, we, we sort of launched it, well, I suppose, six months after we started. And, um, yeah, it's been one of our strongest all-round sellers since then. So, yeah, so tell us about the yummy scrummy. What goes into that? Well, it's it's a mixture of sort of nuts, uh, fruit, and lots of raw chocolate. Um, so probably the easiest thing, this way to think about it, is kind of like a, a, a raw brownie with the fruits and nuts and cacao in there. But then the, the, the real sort of almost the icing on the cake, you could say, is it's, it's a slab of raw chocolate which sits on the top. So it's combining the best of the sort of a normal raw brownie type product with a raw chocolate bar and kind of merging the two into something that sits in between those two. And it's just, yeah, the best of both worlds. Mm. 
is it a recipe that's developed along the way or did you just sort of um, stuck to the original formula it's pretty much the original formula we've sort of tweaked it a little bit since we first started selling it um uh, yeah but i mean mainly just playing around with the quantities of and the balance of different items in there but pretty much the recipe has stayed fairly similar since since we started selling it and i remember the first time we sold it was at a uh, little farmer's market type event in bristol at the tobacco factory and we did we had it in little little cellophane bags with sort of hand printed labels that we did ourselves and it looked terrible we even stuck little um but we stuck little butterfly stickers on each one and this sort of thing it looked so handmade and so sort of sort of thrown together in some ways but it sold out so we knew we were on to a winner yeah. <laughs> and is it still handmade do you still handmade it now absolutely yep everything's still handmade by sort of paula and our team um we've got a small uh unit on a farm not far from home uh, at a place called woolly green so it's affectionately being called woolly wonka land yeah. <laughs> um but yeah everything's still handmade in small batches um We've got sort of like a, a, a set of food processors, magic mixes, which are running an awful lot of the time. And I'll tell you what, we've got our money's worth out of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not using commercial equipment, you're just using... We're still using... Yeah, because we... But what I found was the top-end magic mixes, supposedly uh, domestic ones, are actually the same motor as the lower-end commercial equipment. Oh. Um, so, but the bowls have got a bigger capacity on them. So actually, um, you can spend sort of, for what you would pay for one commercial mixer, you can get three or four sort of domestic ones. And you get sort of, so you get more capacity for the same sort of money. And um, I mean, we've been, oh, they work, we've worked them to death. And yeah, they still absolutely fly out. That's a handy tip for anyone thinking of setting up their own. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I can't praise the Magic Mix. They are they are an amazing bit of equipment. They really are. Yeah. <laughs> and so, how many do you make at a time? What, what's your production? Um, well, we do oh, we do batches of twenty trays at a time, and each tray is about one point two kilos. Um, and we do batches of twenty at a time sort of they get weighed up processed go in the fridge and then the next lot come out get cut up or well, the first lot are setting and then they get packaged and then the next lot come out and get made and yeah it's sort of a bit of a sort of production line and from one stage to another but yeah so batches of 20 at a time and we can quite easily get through several batches a day <laughs> so how many how many do you reckon you make in a week on average oh it really does vary i suppose we're probably making Oh, I imagine it's something like 20, 20 oh, probably a probably a thousand bars a week when we're sort of really sort of uh, in our peak season with them, um, and then sort of yeah, and then in amongst that, fitting in all the production of our other products as well. Yeah, and do you ever do you ever get sick of them, or do you still eat them? Do you still like them? <laughs> well, I. I would have a daily yummy scrummy moment um, where I would sit down, have a yummy scrummy in a cuppa, and for probably four years, <laughs> I, I, hard, I hardly missed a day. 
Um, but for the past couple of years, it's probably dropped to every couple of every couple of times a week. I still have one, but I, I still love it. Wow, I, I still love it. It's um, yeah, it's it's uh, one of my favourites, definitely, yeah. definitely. That's the test of a good product, I think. If you're still eating it yourself after making that many, you know you've you know you've got a good formula. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and sometimes if I've gone for sort of a couple of weeks occasionally without having wine, and then I have one, I sit down and I sort of go, mmm, yeah, I still do love this. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon you've eaten more yummy scrummy bars than anyone else in the world? Oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> but then I do have fridges, fridge fulls of them in the room next to me, so I'd, I'd be a, a surprise if I hadn't. What, what about Paula? Does she still love them as well? She still loves them, but she's 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 almost eating herself sober. I suppose you can say with <laughs> raw chocolate, um, and she's um, she doesn't eat anywhere near as much raw chocolate as she used to. Um, and she sort of uh, she goes through phases with what's her favourite thing, and she's she's got back into making just some normal little bars of chocolate for ourselves. Um, and then she'll go for a phase of having raw hot chocolate, and then she'll have a phase of yummy scrummy, or uh, yeah, she has little phases of different things. Yeah. But yeah, she still loves them. I think that's one of the beauties of raw chocolate, though, because of how it works on brain chemistry. It's strengthening the neural pathways, isn't it? The the happy pathways like serotonin and yeah. dopamine. So it actually encourages independency rather than encouraging dependency. So it is one of those things that I think. Everyone kind of has that, everyone that gets into it has that kind of wave with it where you discover it and it, it can get quite intense, the obsession <laughs> with like the chocolate high. But then after a while it does taper off because it, it's it's pushed you into a new kind of place within yourself where you're not, do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's Absolutely, um, yeah, definitely. I, I think, I think it, it's, it's partly that and I think also partly... For most people, it seems uh, sort of their their journey with raw chocolate is also their journey of sort of kicking their normal sugar habit. Right. And as pe as people kick their typical refined sugar habit, and they're getting into sort of lower GIs and natural um, alternatives, um, and sort of they, they just they're not feeding that sugar addiction as well. So I think it's a combination of not feeding that addiction, but also like you say that your brain chemistry is just sort of sort of riding the wave of yeah. cacao. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's your intention with the company? Where do you see it going? Do you want to be in like Waitrose? Um, well, um, definitely we, we're still going to keep doing what we're doing. We're sort of, sort of working to find more outlets. We're, I'm currently sort of putting together a project for new packaging, long overdue new packaging for Yummy Scrummy, um, which will all being well will sort of get released in the autumn. Um, and um, yeah, just find more stockists, um, keep spreading the raw chocolate love to people and get people sort of turned on to sort of cacao really. Um, we, we've kind of held back from trying to go into sort of big supermarkets or anything like that. We, we had a, a lead a few years back for Waitrose and we ummed and ahmed for a good few weeks trying to figure out whether we were going to go for it or not. And in the end, we just, we, we couldn't go, we couldn't, it was, it felt like selling our souls if we were yeah. going to try and deal with supermarkets. Yeah. Um, and we want to try and focus on sort of getting the word out through health food shops, independence, that sort of thing. Um, just sort of, 
try and get away from the, the big big business and try and sort of support sort of smaller businesses, independents, and sort of yeah, sort of people who share our, our sort of our ethos as much as possible. Yeah, that's how I feel as well. I think it's really hard to to reach a mass market and not dilute what you're trying to do. Is you know, it's not impossible, but it's really really hard thing. So I would prefer to keep mm. the integrity of my product. And keep yeah. small, small batches in charge. Exactly. I mean, I've read just the other day that the, the new green and black spars in the UK are no longer going to be organic yeah. or using a fair trade. And it's, I mean, they got into bed with the very big boys um, through Cadbury's and uh, what have you. But it is just another example of when that happens, the pressures to sort of to change your ethics and sort of go go away from the reason you started doing something. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say for you, what are the motivating factors, what keeps you up at night sticking labels on packets? Or... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, good question. Um, one of the big things for, for, for me, and I know Paula as well, is that is we just really believe in what we're doing. We really believe in our products. We believe that we've got really good products um, that people love. We get such good feedback about Yummy Scrummy and our, our other things that it's, um, yeah, it, that is an inspiration to keep going when we you get some people saying how much they've loved it, how much they enjoy it and this sort of thing. And then they pass the, pass the message on to someone else and they spread the word as well. It's sort of seeing that happen and just trying to turn people on to healthier alternatives rather than your typical mass-produced sort of sugar-laden junk that yeah. is everywhere and actually getting people to sort of understand that chocolate and cacao is one well, is a superfood it really is an amazing amazing plant that can sort of change your life and you, you just never know where, where your life might go once you start delving into the world of cacao who knows yeah. the cacao gods they're powerful <laughs> I interviewed a lady the other day, she's a functional nutritionist, and she said that's how she started making chocolate, her clients would, she'd tell her clients all the things they couldn't have, and they'd be like, oh, what can I eat? And she'd be like, chocolate. Yeah, exactly. It's other people who just, it's, it's almost that, cos, um, uh, cos, uh, what was it, cognate, dis, cognate dissonance, where it's sort of, yeah. sort of, we're so entrenched and trained to think that chocolate's bad for us, but when someone comes along and says, well, actually, that's no, really good for you, it's okay. Uh, that can't be true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we kind of taught, aren't we, that it being healthy is is boring and not fun, and I think that's that's what we're in at the moment is a change in attitude around that. So, yeah, you know, keeping fit and eating well is starting to be seen as actually the fun thing to do, rather than getting wasted and yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I think it was sort of, it's sort of like if you're into sort of like healthy food or whatever, you were sort of this weirdo who sort of like only wore woolen jumpers and sort of didn't have any fun. Or is actually yes. no, actually, if you eat healthy food, you can have an amazing life. Yeah, and when you see the state of the world with the the sort of ever expanding waistlines that are just everywhere these days, it's 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 shocking. Um, and I mean, I'm constantly amazed at how many young children are just so overweight these days. Yeah. Uh, it's it's heartbreaking to see. Yeah. Um, so if I can, if we can do something to sort of be part of that change, where sort of people actually start switching their diet, start educating themselves, start learning a bit more about 
health and nutrition and actually taking responsibility for their own health and nutrition and diet, then I mean, yeah, that's a great thing for me. I, I to know I can make a difference by doing that while doing something that I absolutely love doing. I can ask for more. And you get to eat a lot of chocolate in the process. And I and I have a chocolate factory. <laughs> so <laughs> what could be wrong with that? I've got a little sign hanging up on my wall, which someone gave me, and it says, there is nothing better than a friend unless it is a friend with chocolate. chocolate yeah. And I always add on, unless they've got a chocolate factory. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much, Dan. That's really lovely. Uh, you're welcome, Kate. Really nice to talk to you again. All right. Have a good day. Yeah, and you. Take care. Bye. Bye.